0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good afternoon from the Pacific Northwest, and good evening to those of you who might be on the East Coast. Today, we have Colin Downey, Director of Communications for Red Cross, the American Red Cross, in the northwest region um, of our country, offices located in Seattle, Washington. I'd like to welcome you, Colin.
0: Great. Hello, Zenobia. Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. And uh, today, everyone, we are directing our attention to emergency preparedness. Now right off the bat, I want to say, issue something of a disclaimer that we are not here to frighten you. We are here to inform you and uh, to hopefully give you the tools that you need uh, to help you in in an emergency situation. And Colin, let me just begin to share with our audience. I mentioned to you how the Red Cross has been uh, a a large factor in my life, actually, particularly as a child, um, I want to talk about two things, one as a, a child and another as an adult. And I just want to put these on the table in the beginning, everyone, and hopefully you can relate uh, to what I'm saying, even if it hasn't happened to you. I remember I thought when I initially talked to Colin about this, I had thought that I was around nine, but I actually think it was more like seven. And our family was in a flood. Uh, We went to bed. We didn't have anything like Doppler uh, for for weather at the time. It was back in the 50s. We went to bed. Everything seemed fine. I actually don't even remember if it was raining. And we were awakened by frantic knocks on the door. And when my dad opened the door, uh, we were rushed out. They came and got us out of bed, Uh, me and two siblings. They got us out of bed. And we lived um, in a brownstone where the porch was pretty high, and water, water, everyone, met us at the steps. And there was the Red Cross with their boats, their emergency boats, uh, and their raincoats and and rain gear and blankets, and they ushered us into the boats, and off we went to, um, what would you call it, Colin, where they... Shelter some sort of a shelter yeah, an evacuation that. shelter, yes, that's where we went and I mean our whole neighborhood was evacuated, so that's one incident, and then another was with um I remember my grandparents I was in graduate school at the time, I was in Iowa, they were in south carolina uh they ha- there was there were no relatives around, no relatives uh no- none, none of their children lived near them, and I remember making a phone call to The legislature, one of the senators, I can't remember uh, who it was, but I was so thankful for him or her, whomever it was, because they then contacted the Red Cross and immediately Red Cross went to them. They had had um, an electrical fire and it demolished their entire home, all their belongings, pictures, everything and uh Amer- the 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 red cross provided furnishings uh they found them a temporary place of housing until uh, other arrangements could be made and so i i i am just so thankful colin for the red cross um would you like to just pick up there and and speak to either of those things that i've talked about we were not prepared uh but there you are
0: And and I one, I'm I'm thankful that you're here to share those two stories, Uh, and I'll add, I'm not too surprised, frankly, that those are disasters that uh, you've run into in your life. Those are two of the most frequent disasters, natural disasters, that we run into in this country, Uh, home fires. The the American Red Cross responds to about 70,000 disasters in a given year, and most of those are home fires. Uh, It is... Um, If it doesn't affect you directly, you may not pick up on it. But I I challenge everybody to to listen to the news once or um, twice in a week and try to pick up. You'd be shocked at how often you'll hear a report of a home fire somewhere in your area. Uh, Here in the uh, Pacific Northwest, in the region that we're in, we respond to a disaster about once every seven or eight hours, and that is uh, typically a home fire. Um, That's amazing.
1: Absolutely. It, it
0: it is. It's it's very frequent and unfortunate. Um and floods as well. They're very very frequent uh types of disasters in our country, very costly. And I'm sure as you remember, they're they're just they're terrible events and they, they go on. It's not an incident that happens on a Thursday and on Saturday you're you're good to go. These are no. enduring events that have long term effects on your immediate family and your neighbors and it's uh, really something that you um, you don't get a, much of a notice for. House fires and floods, you don't get a, um, a real large uh, bit of notice on that. So what you can do is prepare. And and I think that's what we're going to talk a little bit more about today is what what can you do so when you get that urgent knock on the door in the middle of the night or if the home fire happens, um, you want to be ready and, and you can do that.
1: Well, let's talk about that as an individual. Uh, uh, let's talk about it. Maybe in terms of schools, you know, you're always concerned about whether you're the parent or not. But particularly if you're the parent or a guardian or a grandparent, you're concerned about your children uh, being away at school. If, if 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 an emergency or disaster happens, uh, what can we do about it as a community? So um, we are anxious. I'm anxious to hear your recommendations
0: great this is it's such a um a topic that is um applicable to all sorts of different disasters so i'm sure we'll touch on floods or earthquakes at, at certain points of the conversation but the the three things that the red cross um really in um um impresses upon all people is get a kit make a plan and be informed and we can start with that get a kit one uh it's it's so important to take some steps before a disaster happens to make sure that you are calm, that you are prepared when these things happen, because you're going to have a lot on your mind Uh, when a a home fire erupts or if um, a hurricane or a tornado happens, you've got a lot to do. And if there are, if you've prepared a few things in advance, you're going to be safer. You're going to be calmer. You're going to be much better prepared to handle what is now um, facing you. So, Let's talk a little bit about what that means, get a kit. Um, What kind of kit? Where do I put it? Where do I need a kit? Um, Think about everywhere you spend time. So it would be wonderful if you had a very um, built-out preparedness kit in your home for every member of your family, and we'll go into what that means. But it, it may not do you any good if you're at the office or if you're out on the freeway and something happens and you're in an emergency. So you, you first need to think about who do you need a kit for and where does that kit need to be? So your home, your office, and your car, those are the first three places you want to think about that you're spending most of your time. Um, and so start right there. Now we want to talk about, well, what goes into an emergency kit? What are those, what are those have-to-have items that are going to be in there? And and some of the things are, again, uh, applicable to you that may not be to the other, but we all need water. Everybody is going to need water uh, in one of these disasters. We recommend that people have a gallon of water per person per day for at least seven days. Um, We know um, emergencies are going to happen and that the authorities are going to come if you're evacuated, we're going to have shelters for you to go. But there may be situations where it could be days before someone gets to you and you need to shelter in place. Um, that's where that emergency kit is going to come in handy. That's where having enough water for, again, not just what you're going to drink. You're going to need water for your hygiene purposes. You want to you want to make sure that you can um, keep up on your hygiene if, if it's a week. You know, there are cooking needs that, you're going to need water for cooking. So a gallon of water per person per day for at least seven days is what we recommend there. Um, Obviously food, you know, you're going to have to sustain yourself and you want to make sure that you've got enough food for everybody in your family, including your pets, um for at least 7 days and that's that's got to be that non-perishable stuff we as much as we all like our fresh greens and our fresh fruit um in our daily diet nowadays that stuff's not necessarily going to last uh 3 or 4 or 5 days into a disaster
1: so Absolutely. really
0: make sure that you're looking at non-perishable foods that you've got a way to eat them such as a can opener so don't just stock your your bin with a whole bunch of Uh, chicken soup with cans that you can't open. Make sure you've got that can opener in there to make sure you can get to it. Uh, So that is, I I can, um, so we've covered food and water. There are a couple of other essentials. Zenobia, is there anything that you wanted to jump in on right there?
1: Well, I just wanted, I, I would have a, I would add a flashlight and blankets or, you know, something, depending on the weather, you know, if you changed your, Kit seasonally, then you know this time of year, obviously we wouldn't need a blanket, but um uh for colder times that- and where we live in the Pacific Northwest, definitely at least um a blanket per person
0: great idea, so along with that flashlight, make sure you've got backup batteries
1: oh, that's um, a good thing yes
0: and, and as we're walking through some of these items, just about every one of them you're gonna you're gonna notice. Isn't going to last forever. Those extra batteries, even that water, those are things that you're going to have to revisit, and maybe every yeah. six months or so. You water bottled water can expire, um, right. So you want to you want to build into this system that you're developing a, a way to revisit these kits on about about every six months. You want to look at how's that food doing? Um, are those batteries fresh? Um, and pay attention to things like expiration dates. Um, one of the things I do with water in my home is I have several cases of bottled water, and I, I don't typically use bottled water in my home, but um, every couple of months we'll take a case or two off of that shelf, and we'll use it, and we'll replace it, and, and that's how we kind of keep on, uh, make sure that we're refreshing that, and it's it's good to go when we need it. That's a good um, point. You know, Zenobi, you touched on the flashlight and the extra batteries. Think about medications. Um, uh, you you may be um, reliant on certain prescription medications, and that may be really difficult to get to if uh, we have an earthquake and the pharmacies are not open and the power is out. So, work with your doctor, work with your pharmacy now before something happens to make sure that you've got 30 uh, day supply. You've got a you've got enough backup for those very needed prescription medications, so that's not something that's um that that you're focusing on. You want to make sure that that's all taken care of ahead of time. That's excellent.
1: Um, How uh, about a few then, other uh, things. I, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Oh, no. well I, I would I would, I would add in there that I would add in there that some documents are, are very critical. So you want to make sure that you've got a copy of your personal information, your license, your birth certificate, your homeowner's insurance policy. Yes, we're we're all digital nowadays and it's nice if we've got it uh locked up in the in the drive or in the cloud and so forth, that's excellent planning. But you want to make sure that you've got some of those things in your hand. Um so again, photocopies of things like your your driver's license, your your personal documents, like a homeowner's insurance policy. Uh those are those are critical to have um in times of
1: disaster. That's very very true. Yeah, I was just going to add. I I have I forget what it's called, and so far I've not had to use it. But I have one of those uh, collapsible stoves where you if you use Sterno uh, for camping. They work well. You know, like if you're home, certainly not for the car, but for a home and you lose all power and whatnot, you could at least heat. Depending on how many you have, you could heat something. You know, without having to depend on your your um, your kitchen range.
0: Sure, and, and you're going to be thankful you've got that. Um, a, a three or four or five days into something like this, you're probably going to be pretty happy to have a warm meal. Uh, so that yes. that's excellent planning, and you can use that as a as a source for heat. Um, so a can of sterno. That's no That's excellent planning. Uh, keep that in that kind of food category of ways that you're going to prepare that food. Bye. Um a couple of other really critical things everyone needs to have in these kits, whether it's in the car or for the larger home kit, a first aid kit. You want to make mm-hmm. sure that within this big case, this big box that you're that's hopefully transportable, even the home one, you want something that you can carry around. Um you need a decent first aid kit in there with things like bandages and scissors and antiseptic and tweezers, a little bit of aspirin, uh maybe some sunscreen. Uh, We've got a whole, and and we're not going to touch on every single bit of this, there are great checklists of all of these items on RedCross.org. So visit that and make sure that you're looking at what goes into a first aid kit for the home or for the car. Uh, That's a critical item to have in there. Uh, And and let's not forget about everyone in the family. That includes infants. That could include um, some of our elderly family members, Uh, perhaps pets. We need to make sure that we're thinking through all of these daily processes that we all go through. That we're doing that for everyone, not just ourselves. So, does the does the family dog have enough food for a week? And do, did you account for that in the water that you were preparing? Um, do, do you have anybody in your family uh, with disabilities? There may be special uh, special challenges with uh, preparing that kit that you need to take into consideration. So, it's it's it's. Oh a lot. I know we've we've run through a lot of things here, but these are the kinds of questions and the kinds of answers you should be developing and asking yourself right now and um uh, the the call All to action are calm, is,
1: right well things now are
0: calm. The, now now's the time. Uh no offense to T V tonight, but turn it off for an hour and look at your family members and say, We're gonna spend an hour tonight. And we're going to talk about what goes into this home kit. And you may not get it all done that night. It may take you a while, but you can revisit that conversation and just keep and build that into your family system. Um, and, and this kind of leads me into the second piece of, of uh, what we talked about. We we just touched on the get a kit thing. Why is a kit important? What do you need in it? Number, number two on our list of got to have is the plan. You need to work with your family, folks in your office, on what you're going to do if one of these disasters happens. So what does that mean, make a plan? Uh, the first thing you need to do is talk to your family. Make it after dinner or something like that and talk about where you're gonna go if the home catches on fire in the middle of the night. Um, make sure you know two different ways to get out of your home because too often these home fires happen in the middle of the night. The home could be filled with smoke and you can't do anything but crawl low to the ground and you can hardly see anything. Do do you all know how to get out of your house if that one back door is blocked by the fire? So this is a conversation as much as it is a plan. Um,
1: Have an out-of-area... Go ahead, when yeah you, When you say um, where you're going to go, that's ultimately go, but also where you're going to meet up, correct? Where each Absolutely.
0: member will meet each other... So we're we're out on the street now. What corner are we going to meet at? And you you could develop two of those places. So if perhaps one of them was damaged by a disaster, you knew that the other corner or the church around the corner was where you all agreed to. So have two of those meet up locations
1: pre-established. That's Um, good. And on that topic, would you recommend that you practice, Colin? Would you recommend that you practice that we would practice, um, you know, meeting up? You know, maybe. Stage an emergency and then go through it. I, we we know we can't, you know, duplicate it, what the emergency would be, but maybe stage something and go through it. Is that a good idea?
0: There is no better way to be comfortable with doing this in real time than if you've already walked through it in a drill. We've okay. got recommendations and we've got advice on how to develop your own drill on our website. Um, uh uh-huh. We can we can talk you through that if you contact your local Red Cross if this is a local business or an organization, we can come out and do a presentation and talk to you about that and actually create a scenario, and and we can walk through it together. So we've got a lot of resources within Red Cross, but you don't have to necessarily reach out to us. Look on a website and and find out how to build these little scenarios and drills yourself. Zenobia it is an excellent idea. There's no better way to understand what this is going to feel like.
1: That's great. So audience, you've heard, Colin, make sure that you visit the website. Again, Colin, is it redcross.org? That's correct. And uh, feel free to contact any of the Red Cross offices. Colin, I know I'm not trying to cut you off or rush you, but I can't believe our time is almost up. We're not even going to take our break. Uh, So uh, with that in mind, I want you to go ahead and finish up Make a Plan, and I'm going to be quiet as you well, I won't be totally quiet, but I'm going to you give it you. You chime right me. in. This
0: is, oh, we're doing great. You chime right in. Okay. I'll keep going. Okay. Uh, the last thing I would really say on the make a plan piece before we get to uh, the be informed is um, in out-of-area contact. This is something that most of us, frankly, before I got involved with Red Cross, I had never thought about this. But perhaps you don't have a way to communicate with your close friends or family within Seattle, wherever you are designate someone outside of your region, maybe across the state, maybe somebody in another state. Designate one person in your family circle that you're all going to reach out to to say, hey, I'm okay. So Mm -hmm. it, it would be great if we all had data and our phones were working and we could just get on Facebook and say we're good to go. But that may not be the case. You may have the opportunity to place one phone call to one person um, because you're in the middle of a situation and you just borrowed someone's phone that happens to be working. There are all sorts of scenarios where you're not going to have the typical communication tools that you're all accustomed to, that I'm accustomed to. So a great strategy is to develop that out-of-area contact person that you all agree to reach out to.
1: Okay, that's that's excellent. And then that person is your point to to inform everyone else, I'm assuming.
0: Exactly right. So okay. we talked. To, now that's that's leading us right into be informed. We we've, we've got a kit. We're we're making our plan now. Be informed. What does that mean? We you need a, a valuable, reliable source to understand your risks and to understand what's happening in the weather world. So we're not always going to get um, alerts that the tornado is coming, you know, that would be nice. But obviously some of these natural disasters just happen. That That does not mean that there are not situations where we can get information ahead of time that's going to allow us to prepare. Even if it's 10 seconds or 10 minutes, there are steps we know we can take to prepare ourselves if we have a little bit of notice. So make sure that you've got a reliable news source Make sure in that kit that you've got a NOAA weather radio. Uh, we, we There are all sorts of one. Red Cross has one out there that you can crank, um, so it's both battery-powered and you can crank it in case you don't have the batteries that they ran out. Uh, some of those even can help charge a cell phone. So make sure you've got that weather radio that's inside of that kit, and that's that's also part of being informed because you want to be in tune, and you want to make this part of your your weekly, your daily habit to to know what's going on, to be present. Uh, you're going to be in a lot better shape if you knew that there was a flash flood warning or a thunderstorm warning and what the difference was between a watch and a warning. So yes. make sure you've got a, a reliable news source. Um, wh- one other great thing that's happened in the past couple of years, the Red Cross has really looked at technology and, and how to use that to accomplish our goal of, of building resilient prepared communities and we have an outstanding suite of apps for your smartphones they they do so many things but i'll touch on just a couple they can uh connect with NOAA and actually send alerts in times of weather emergencies and millions of times in a year red cross uh, weather alerts will go out to people who have these apps um, and when that happens it doesn't just come up and say Hey, there's a tornado warning or something of the sort. It will come up and say there's a tornado warning, and then it will come up with a list of what you need to do in that moment or mm-hmm. there's a flash flood there's a flash flood warning in your area Here's what that means and here's our, here are some steps that you can take right now to better prepare. Well, oh, this is so good and they're free they're they're absolutely outstanding apps they also contain open shelter info so that evacuation shelter that you spoke about at the beginning, um, any open Red Cross shelters are going to be loaded in there. It refreshes every 30 minutes. So if you need to find an evacuation shelter, one of those apps is going to be there to help you. Um, this, is wonderful. And,
1: this is very life-saving, isn't it? Very life-saving, very oh, proactive. It, it,
0: it's just great. I'm happy to be a part of it. Uh, I really, I love how we've been able to look at technology and say, what's the goal here? We're, we're trying to get people to be safer, better prepared, more resilient, and what better way than to have something in your pocket go off like a siren and say, here's what you need to be doing, and here are some shelters you can go through, that sort of thing. I just think it's um, it, it's a great free tool that everybody, if they have a smartphone, they should download today.
1: Well, I will be one who will be doing it, and I hope many of the listeners are going to join me. So Wonderful. Yeah. Now, uh, before, did you finish on that part? I mean, I know you could go on and on. But I don't want to cut you off on anything.
0: You are right. I could go on and on, but I think when it comes to the be informed, we want to make sure you've got a reliable source of information. You've got that weather radio, and check out those apps. Make sure you've got uh, you've got some of those tips at, at your fingertips.
1: Okay. All right. At this point, I want to ask you how you've you've shared a lot of information with us in terms of how we can undergird ourselves better for preparedness. I want to ask you to share now uh, how we can help those of us who might be interested in helping the Red Cross, what we can do uh, towards that end.
0: Well, great question, and thank you for it. The The American Red Cross here in the Northwest region, uh, about 97% of our workforce, of the folks who get the work of the Red Cross done in this region, are volunteers. Uh, There are a multitude of ways that someone can uh, help themselves and help their communities by volunteering with the Red Cross. So I think that that's a a great uh, first step if somebody wants to make their community more resilient, uh, safer, uh, volunteer with the Red Cross. It's how, we, it's how we do what we do. We do education events. We do all sorts of volunteer engagement opportunities where we're talking about these exact same topics, where we're going out into communities, teaching different groups on how to become prepared for disasters. And that's just one piece of the Red Cross mission. We, can, we could go on and on about that. Um, of course, the, the Red Cross is funded by the generosity of the American public. Uh, that's how we do what we, we do. Like I said, we respond to about 70,000 disasters in this country every year. Uh, we provide those services. We train those volunteers. We background check them. We make sure our shelters are safe places. All of that that goes into that that big apparatus that's able to spring into action as soon as it's needed, all of that happens because of the generosity of individuals and businesses in the country. So uh, we always appreciate donations of financial support such as that.
1: Okay. And are you still um don't hear a lot about uh blood donations. Uh, does the Red Cross still accept uh or promote blood donors donors or donations?
0: We absolutely do, Zenobia. We are the uh about forty percent of the nation's blood supply uh is provided by folks who donate blood to the Red Cross. Uh so that is a, a major part of our mission. Uh we have Donation drives all across this country in different parts of the country, and we absolutely encourage people to help save lives by donating um, blood. It is is a critical part of our mission, and it, it's going very strong today.
1: Well, we're almost at the top of the hour, and I don't want to be remiss in just thanking you for not only coming on the show today, but also for the work that you do to help our military families. Uh, they, the military uh, men and women, are just so important to every breath we take, and to know that you are uh, intentionally and actively assisting their families, I want to give you the highest give the American Red Cross highest accolade. Thank you so much, Colin.
0: Thank you. That that means a lot. That's, uh, we were founded on a battlefield. We've had a promise to our armed forces uh, service members ever since, and uh, we appreciate you recognizing that. It's a, another uh, pillar of the Red Cross mission. It's very important to us.
1: Yes, yes, and please uh, share that with um, the staff there, if you would, on thank behalf of the podcast. So, yes, Colin, thank, thank you, you so much. And once again, audience, uh, if you have any questions, please reach out to um your area, Red Cross, and you can go to the uh, website of redcross.org. And from there, Colin, would they be directed to uh, the area in which they live, both in the region and in the country?
0: Correct. Top right, you can put your zip code in, and you'll find your local chapter that way.
1: Excellent. So, again, I want to say thank you so much, Colin, and uh, I look forward to having you back on the show. Would you come back?
0: You bet. This was great to know you. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Wonderful. So good night, everyone. Good night, Colin.
0: Thank you very much. Good night.